Anybody excited about what God's doing in Glasgow? So this side of the room is really excited. They know something that this side of the room doesn't know. (laughs) Is anyone excited about what God is doing in Glasgow? Come on! (laughs) Now, what I'm about to say is going to sound a lot like the Bible, but it's not. Deaf ears open, cancer healed, people getting out of wheelchairs, and this, I'm not talking about 2,000 years ago, (laughs) I'm talking about this body right here. (laughs) You don't have to go to Africa, you got to go to a school. (laughs) it's happening here (laughs) oh boy some people say if only Jesus were here this would all be different (laughs) he had that (laughs) <laughs> and then he, he said, but it'd be better for me to go. And he sent us his helper, a helper named Holy Spirit. Whoa. I really like talking about him. And Holy Spirit completely smothers every single one of you just completely surrounds you, infills you, wraps himself around your life. And some of us give him room and some of us choose not to. It's all a matter of identification. I either identify he's on my life or I say, you know what, one day, when I serve the Lord for a really long time, when I fast for 40 days after 40 days, when I, when I really, really try hard one day, he'll touch me. <laughs> Doesn't even sound like truth. <laughs> it's the way I used to believe. I would think... One day, God would use me. One day, but you know, I'm, I'm too young now, but one day, when I'm, when I'm old, when I have gray hair, because everybody on TV that I see has gray hair, and they're the ones that God's using, so one day, when I have gray hair, God will use me. <laughs> I have like three gray hairs. I guess that was good enough. <laughs> <laughs> they came in early. What can I say? Because <laughs> the truth is, he doesn't care how old you are. He doesn't care what you look like. He doesn't care what your background is. He doesn't care what kind of street you grew up on. He just is looking for one person on the earth that says yes. 
He's looking for the yes in your heart. He, he, he says, I'll put, listen, the, the anointing is so easy, a handkerchief can do it. Like, he's just willing, he says, show me somebody willing and I'll drop the anointing on them. (laughs) He'll throw it right here. (laughs) They're like, throw it at me. (laughs) He chooses you. <laughs> he chooses you. You know, some people say, well, God's got to do something in our city. And he's like, I am so excited about doing something in your city. God, you got to do something in my city. He says, yeah, I choose you. God, we got to, this, this has to change. This has to change. And he says, yeah, I choose you. You are his choice for the change that you want to see. Whatever that thing is, not everybody sees it. See, we don't understand that. We think everybody sees that change that needs to happen. But he gave you eyes to see that thing. You're looking at it and you're like, why isn't anybody doing something about this? And he's going, I don't know. Why aren't you doing something about this? I gave you eyes to see it. Not everybody sees it. Not everybody's heart irks when they see that thing. You know, Mahatma Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. I like that, but it's like, Puts responsibility here, right? Which is, it's okay. But see, if I don't take the glory, I don't take the responsibility. So I, I trust, if he gave me eyes for that thing, then he's, he's going to make a way. And that doesn't mean I sit on my couch watching Spongebob Squarepants, waiting for an opportunity. Oh, my phone's going to ring because I'm, you know. No, we move in the direction we feel God telling us to go, and as we go, he opens the doors. (laughs) I'm excited this morning. This is (laughs) pre-coffee. (laughs) they think it's funny when I laugh and then I stop abruptly (laughs) (laughs) the funny part is I do it on accident that's the the funny part (laughs) I was, up, I was in Washington, and there was this woman, and she was standing up front, and she had, she was coming up for, for prayer, and she, has, um, she had fibromyalgia. Anybody know what that is? 
it's, it's essentially a demon. And I just, I just started releasing the presence of God over her. <laughs> we got a lot of creative words in the West for demons. Are we all right? <laughs> so this one, his name is fibromyalgia. And, and I was releasing the presence of God over her. And she, she was an elderly lady. I said, how long have you had this condition? She said, I've had this for 52 years. Now, if you don't know what it is, it's literally chronic pain throughout your body. Um, it, the, all your joints get really stiff. and na- It's just absolutely horrible. And so I grabbed this little girl that was in the room. I said, will you come here? And just probably this eight-year-old girl, I said, will you just release the presence of Jesus over her? And as she was releasing the presence of Jesus, I just had this woman make some declarations. And the, one of the declarations was, Jesus thinks I'm beautiful. Jesus really likes me. And as this little girl is praying... She's been in the ministry all of 80 seconds at this point. (laughs) And as this woman is making declarations, every ache, every pain that she's lived with for 52 years dissolves out of her body. I hate sickness and disease. Like God gave me eyes for that. He gave me eyes for it. Like, I walk down the street, and my wife goes, look, a wheelchair. She gets excited for me. <laughs> She's, she is now the wheelchair hawk. <laughs> P.S., being right in the city center of town is a little overwhelming. There are a lot of wheelchairs. It's like, me, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Like, which one do I go for? <laughs> a lot of people. There's more people in probably one square block than in the city that I live in. It's very possible, because I was freaking out how many people I saw. Anyway. (laughs) Where was I? Somebody help me out. Yeah, fibromyalgia. But I, I have those eyes. And my wife is my secondary eyes. If I don't go pray for somebody, she's like, what's the matter with you? <laughs> you feeling okay? <laughs> like, all right, yeah, yeah. How many, how many of us need people to remind us who we are? Yeah. I, need, I need my wife in my life. She reminds me who I am every day. That's a good wife, by the way. <laughs> But you have eyes for something. God has put something in your, right in your path for you to change. Some of us, we, 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 wanna, we want the thing that's all the way in Africa. We want the thing that we, I, I, in Brazil, you know, the thing that we need seven years to plan for and raise $2 billion for. But he's saying, I gave you eyes for this right here, right in front of your face. I put it in your path because you can do something about it. 
The best way to make a change in the world is to lay on the floor. It's a really good idea. I'm going to tell you why. I, Jesus is probably one of my favorite people in all of history. <laughs> that was a joke. Some of y'all was, all right, you're on stage at a church with a mic. You probably should be up there higher. No, he, he is my favorite. And, and one of the things I really love about Jesus is him being fully God. He's fully God, right? Yes. Can I get everybody to say yes? Yes. Okay. And he is fully man. Philippians says he, he um, what's the word? Emptied himself, thank you. Emptied himself of the Godhead. So he's fully God and he's fully man. He's both simultaneously. And you see something in Jesus' life that will blow your mind. He goes every day to be with who? The Father. (laughs) Anybody want a, a peek at what that looks like when Jesus spends time with the Father? Matthew 17. He brings three of his buddies. It's the only reason it's ever even recorded. Jesus goes up onto the mountain to spend time with Daddy. As he goes, this light shines. A voice comes from heaven. This is my beloved son. You like that, that, honey? (laughs) That was like a lot of you guys were like, that's exactly what it must sound like. The voice of God. <laughs> That'd be tough. <laughs> Joaquin said I should try to laugh in that voice. <laughs> it can get too sinister, I think. Anyway. <laughs> But I, I love that scene. It's just light everywhere. Dead people are walking around. You know, God's voice is talking. I, I've read the Bible. There's dead people there. <laughs> I just, I like to read it for plain talk. Like, I'm a plain talking person. Like, Elijah's dead. He's walking around and... And then I I love Peter, because Peter is a lot like me. Peter goes, hey, it's good for me to be here. Should I, like, do something? Like, (laughs) It's like, I'll build something real fast. Like, you want me to build, like, a a tabernacle? (laughs) 
This isn't Night at the Apollo. This is church. <laughs> it, but I, I love that scene because it, it gives us a glimpse of what Jesus did. Like Jesus would go and be with the Father. How many are hungry for encounters like that? You know, one of the things that we say is Jesus is the model for our ministry. Like, you've heard that, yeah? Like, Jesus was, is, he was the model for the way we're supposed to do ministry. Like, just, and one of the things I love that he did constantly is he got alone to be with the Father. And you know what I love about Dad? Regardless of what Jesus' day looked like, if his, if his cousin John's head got cut off, he would always say the same thing. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. It is vital for you and I to get alone with dad and hear what he thinks about us. Like, I love the prophetic. I I am a proponent of the prophetic. Like, I love it. I think we should prophesy morning to night, like, I, I love to prophesy over everybody, and every, I just like, like, I like to get people's names, and hopefully it's a three-letter name, and I can give them a, a prophetic acronym with it, like, like, I love meeting people like Cat. Cat is a cool name, it's three letters, it's got a K, I can use kingdom, like, like, I could prophesy over people. <laughs> it's Cat? How random is that? <laughs> <laughs> so is it K-A-T? Kingdom activating into transformation. I see you activating young ladies and bringing radical transformation into their lives. Not just bringing transformation, but activating them into ministry. You carry this thing on you to take people further than they've ever imagined going before, taking them deeper into the heart of God. And, and there's this thing where you just strip veils off of people's eyes and you allow them to see truth. But what I love about the prophetic <laughs> is it's this reminder of you're reminding people who they are. You're bringing, people, you're bringing who they are and their destiny into the same space in that moment. And I think it's so vital for you and I to actually prophesy over ourselves. I actually think it's vital for you and for myself to get alone with God and say, Jesus, what do you like about me? What do you like about me? Like, we, I love to adore him. Like, if, if I have 10 minutes in the morning and I'm, like, in a hurry and i got 10 minutes to spend with God, I'm, like, adoration for, like, eight minutes. And probably two minutes, like, hey, make sure you take care of these two things. <laughs> like I love to adore him and but there's times where I need to go to dad and I, I remember just there's times where I'm just sitting on my balcony or I'm sitting in my room or I'm sitting at my desk and, and I'm sitting and I'm just and I'm like dad I need to hear from you right now what do you like about me I need to hear from you right now who do you say that I am these moments 
hear me, these moments light you up. To, so you, you, it is the fuel for you to get from A to B. And if you're only getting your encouragement from someone else, your encouragement tank is always deficient. You need to go to the source. You need to go to the source. Who, who do you say that I am? What do you like about me? And, and this is where we get vision. He's put you in Glasgow for a reason. He's actually put you in this church for a reason. You're like, I don't know why I'm here. Well, he's put you here for something bigger than you know. He's preparing you for something. You're like, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. Well, then recognize the season you're in. The preparation season is probably more important than the doing season. Because, you know, everyone wants their ministry to be awesome or everybody wants their business to be awesome. And, 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 but God's more concerned about the developing the minister than he is the ministry. He's more concerned about developing you than the things you're going to do. There's a man, William Branham, one of my heroes of the faith, saw things in the spirit that, you know, it's almost unprecedented, unprecedented to the time of Jesus. Like, just was just seeing things over people, constantly seeing things over people. But the man didn't, he didn't rest well. He just didn't rest well. He didn't take time off well. And, and where he had this incredible two-and-a-half-year ministry, and then he burnt out, and then where he could have had a really long-term ministry had he maybe paced himself a bit. Had he maybe just taken a season and said, I'm going to allow God to prepare me and not worried about the ministry so much. How many of you know there's always going to be ministry to get done? There's always going to get sick. There's always going to be sick to heal. There's always going to be people to prophesy over. Is this true? How do you know there's going to be ministry opportunities? Because there's going to be people. (laughs) And I encourage you, as you do, allow God to speak into you and prepare. Some people think, oh, I won't do because I'm just in preparation. No, that's just foolishness. Because God, Jesus was being prepared and he did. I remember I had a word from one of my, um, one of my teachers, uh, Kevin Deadman, said, I remember bringing him to this thing, and I was like, God, I really feel like I'm supposed to go into a season of, of like hiding and pulled back and, and not necessarily on the streets. He said, Ahab, do both. I was like, what do you mean do both? He said, if you stop going out on the streets and you stop ministering to people on the streets, it'll, you'll get comfortable and you won't go back to it. I wish I had listened to his advice because I went hidden for six months, didn't go on the streets, and then six months later, it was so hard to get back out. 
because I had trained myself to believe it was okay. And it is okay not to do anything because we don't, we don't strive. We're not working for his performance, but we, we do see that God has placed something in us. And he gave us eyes for a reason. He gave us those things to see for a purpose. And yes, there's preparation time. And yes, there's character building. But all that comes as you go. This morning, I really, I really felt like this thing of just... I really felt it to encourage you to burn for the things that God has put in your heart. I really believe that God has already put things in your heart. He's already placed things there that will transform your city, your family, your nation. He's already placed them there. And you have to give yourself permission to burn. Give yourself permission to be set on fire. Give yourself permission to be completely lit up. (laughs) Joaquin, I think you've given yourself permission. (laughs) You you want to know a trick to, to, to becoming more radical in the kingdom? You ready? This is a really good one. Does everybody have their notepads ready? Find someone who is crazier than you and spend time with them and follow their lead. I'm crazier today than I was a year ago or three years ago or four years ago because of the people I spend time with. How many parents do we have in the room? What, at what age do you stop, stop being concerned about the people that your children hang out with? Never. Why? Because they influence them. When does that influence stop? Is there anybody in this room who is no longer being influenced by the people around them, by their peers, by their friends? So why not choose those people? Choose the most radical. I would hang out with Jan every day. Why? Because Jan's just like, it's drink o'clock. Like, what time is it? She's like, it doesn't matter, it's drink o'clock. (laughs) <laughs> like, I'm just trying to have a cup of tea. She's, it's drink o'clock. <laughs> She's crazy. <laughs> Get around people who are more radical than you. It's, it's really a good idea. I, I actually wasn't that radical, and then I got friends who were extremely radical, and I'm like, I got to keep up, man. man. <laughs> These dudes are, like, out there, like, 
I had, uh, this is a true story, I had friends when I was in the first year of school of ministry, they would give me assignments when I went to school. Like, I had homework assignments, like reading, but this was my assignments for school. Get 10 people healed today. This was my assignment in first year. The next day, I'd be like, hey, got 10 people healed, man, come on. They're like, all right, this time, don't touch them and get them healed. (laughs) This is a true story. So I had to get creative. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get this person healed, and I'm not going to touch them. And then, you know what I did? I just, I remembered things that they would do. And they would declare things over people's bodies, and they would speak things. So I remember one time, this girl, I was like, I, I... I am not a teacher in the school of ministry, but it was 15-minute break time in our school. So I go and I get on stage. I'm pretty sure this is not allowed. Um, I get on stage, and I'm like, God is healing backs right now. This girl's like, I'll take that. She starts walking forward. Listen, I feel nothing. I see nothing. But I remembered my friend did this. My crazy friend. Right? So I was like, the fire of God is coming on your back right now. Check it out. She goes, I'd have to lay down and check it out. Just lay down then. She lays down, she checks it out, and she's completely healed. I felt nothing. I didn't see anything in the spirit. I didn't see a fireball coming up from behind her. I just saw a friend do that before. You catching that? Yeah. Fireballs coming on your back. <laughs> and she got healed. You know what I learned about healing? God will honor your risk. He just, he just honors you. Like, risk equals you putting your trust in him. Isn't that right? And being willing to have someone say... Actually, I didn't feel anything when you said the fire of God was coming on my back. It's not the worst case scenario. <laughs> like, what, I went up to 12 people yesterday, and I had to tell my wife that I was still alive each time afterwards. Because everybody, tur- and I, I, everybody I went up to yesterday, just they said, no, I'm good. No, we're fine. No, every word of knowledge was wrong. How many of you know, most people are lying? At least that's the way I encourage myself. (laughs) 